0: Okay, it's a Tov. We continue in our next class in the Das Hasviros. And uh, we're just going to finish off the Partzufim, the faces that we talked about yesterday. Just a few more small points before we get to the five levels of soul again. So in addition, there's other mystical connections to the Partzufim, the, 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 the overall attitudes of how Hashem is treating us, so to speak. And that's how we use the name of Hashem's name, yud heh vav Hey. It also has a lot to do with that. And we start with, now you're going to figure, wait a minute, there's five parts of it and four letters. How are we going to make it work? The answer is the Yud, if you notice in a chumash, you open up a Yud, has the little tip on the top. And that is called the kotzo shel Yud. It's like the thorn of the Yud. So that little, 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 I mean a yud is not such a big letter to begin with. But that little tippy top of the yud, that corresponds to the partzuf of er Erech Ampin, the long face, the tremendous giving. And that also matches up with uh, keser, the crown. And uh, and because we have no, since we have no idea of what that partzuf is, because that's when that ultimate giving will be in the next world. So therefore, it's just like this little dot on top of the Yud, which is so negligible, we have no idea what that is. We don't understand that either. The Yud parallels the next uh, um, uh, face, which is the Abba, which is rooted in Chochmah, and that's the beginning of revealing the light from the Keser. The letter He parallels the ima. And the ima is Bina, understanding, which she receives the flow, just like the Hay is five, and you have five fingers, so it receives the flow and begins to build her own tools. And then the VAV parallels Zeer An Pim, which remember, Ze'aran Pim has six spheros from chesed through Yesod, and the letter Vav is Gamatria six. And then finally, the last T is the parts of Avnukva, which is Malchus, which is the final receiving. All right, just ideas to keep in mind, these all tie into each other. Okay, now we've already discussed that there's five levels of soul, and we'll talk more about that shortly. But what is that? We're gonna use this as a parallel to understand the the, um, partsufing. Just so you know, a person has a body. Okay, the body is the external of the person, but there's an internal part, which is the soul, and especially uh, the five levels of the soul that have some connection to the body. They're an internal part. You don't see it on the body. Similarly, when we deal with the part every part has an external aspect, which is like the mushul, the parable, and has the internal aspect, okay? And just like we've discussed what those external aspects are, which are the long face, the Abba, the Ima, the short face, and the uh, the female, the the receptacle, that's the external expressions of that. So we've got the internal expressions, where we have the the Nefesh, so to speak, is of the going from down to top. Nefesh parallels the nukba where the Ruach parallels the zeranpin, and the Shama parallels the Ima and the Chaya parallels the Abba and the Yechida parallels the Erech Ampin. Okay, if you don't follow along everything, not to worry about it, but you see that they are all following each other. And therefore, they go together now. The Sphere of Keser, you know, in its own way of the 10 spheres, but it connects to the parts of, of the long face, which parallels the Yechida. And etc. Et going down the line, one other thing we have to be aware of: the name of Hashem, Hashem, the Yud Hey Vav That's the root of all hashpa, of all influence, of all giving. But now there's different aspects of the Yud Hey and the Vav itself. Why? Because it depends. How do you spell the letters Yud? Hey, Vav, hey, in terms of a word. For example, the letter Aleph. Aleph can be spelled Aleph, Lamed, Fe, Sofis. Aleph, Beis, Beis Yud sof. Okay, now, how do you spell Yud? How do you spell hey How do you spell Vav? How do you spell hey And there's all kinds of ways you can do that. You can spell Yud. Well, Yud, there's not a lot of ways. So there's only one way. Yud, Vav, Dalet. Okay, and that's worth 20. Okay. Hey, on the other hand, can be spelled in a few ways. Hey can be spelled Hey-yud. Or it could be spelled hey aleph, or Hey-hey. So if we spell it Hey-yud, you get 15. Vav also, there's a number of ways we can do it. Vav can be spelled Vav-yud-vav, which is 13. And the final Hey again can be Hey-yud, which is 15. And that gives us the number 72. That's a big mystical number. So now we want to expose you to certain numbers to be sensitive to them. So therefore, the yudhei, hey, the highest gematria, filling in the letters, is 72. And that expresses the parts of, of what we can relate to Abba, which is Chachmas. That's the highest we're not talking about the one in front of that, the long face that's beyond, because that's like Yehida, it's the Kesser. But this area that we can understand, so that that way we spell Yud Hey Vav That way, that will always refer to the peer, parts of of Abba, which is Chachma. On the other hand, we can spell Yud Hey Vav pretty much the same, except um, we can we can change. The Vav, to not be Vav Yud Vav, but Vav Aleph Vav. That's nine less, that gives us 63. That becomes another big number. That's the parts of of Ima, which comes from Bina. Then we have another way of doing it. Yud hey Vav hey, where we're using now He is He Aleph. Instead of hey He, and Vav Aleph Vav, and we get a numerical value of 45. That parallels to Ze'er Ampin, and then another way of doing Yudhe Vav hey, gives us 52. Now, I know 45 is less than 52, but it's still considered higher for reasons I don't want to get into. But anyway, when you're going to hear certain references to Hashem's name, those numbers 72, 63, 52, and 45 become important numbers, as we'll see when we start looking at words like memhe is ma is what. They'll be alluding to things, base known as ben a son that can allude to things. So we've got different things that are alluded to it, but we'll understand that for later. And to understand, as we've said, this idea in terms of the mushal, and really we've already used this, but like how do you relate to your children? We spoke about you can relate, you can relate as a father, you know, can relate in many ways, in an external way, internal way, and therefore the, Partzufim will work in the same way, but you got to understand the root of all of that is Hashem, okay. And there's different ways it fills in. When you fill in yud hey vava, and you fill it in means it spreads out. So there's different ways this can spread out, and the higher it is, the more of God's kindness spreads out, and the less of it, less of God's kindness spreads out. Okay, and the final aspect. I'm skipping around a little bit, but the final aspect of partzufim is to understand this idea that they call Erchen. Erchen, we will say, is I'll call it relativity. In other words, you have to understand when you're in a partzuf, a of is it relating to the parts of on a to a parts of above it, or to a parts of below it, because they flow one to the other. So, for example. We talk about, let's do the analogy of relationships. So you have, for example, a grandfather. Grandfather is the source of everything that comes down. Everything comes from him. And the grandfather is always smiling and happy with the grandchildren. The grandchildren can never do anything wrong. And always with kindness. And that's the ultimate giving. And that's how he will relate to the grandchildren and have a lot of kindness to them. And what about, now, who receives from the Erech Ampin? Okay, so whoever receives, you're receiving something that's incredible giving. But then we have, let's say, the one who receives from the Erech Amkin is the Abba. So the Abba receives from the grandfather, but now he's going to use that to give to others. So now have to understand that parts of, is it on the receiving end from the one that was higher? Or is it on the giving end from the one that's lower? Etc. as we go through the line. So it's not just that that parts of sits out there. It's a parts of, of whatever, giving but based on justice or whatever. Yeah, but what was it receiving from? From a higher parts of and is dealing with a lower parts of. So when you analyze these parts, you got to know, are you on the receiving end or the giving end? Okay, that's enough of parts, if we haven't lost you totally. But the main idea, I think we explained yesterday, it's take, the partsufim will manifest the spheros based on the reality that's in that parts. The grandfather can, can show the ten attributes different than the way the father does, different than the mother does. When Hashem acts as the grandfather, it's one way, as the father another way, the the mother another way, etc., etc., the small face, and then the final nukbah. Hashem can relate to us in all these ways. Okay. Now we go to the fifth essay, and this is going a little bit more into the five levels of soul which we discussed in an earlier class, and certain areas that he repeats I will skip. But then I will only share with you the new aspects of these five levels of soul. And to know again that even though there's five levels of soul, their main expression within the person is only the three lower levels. And generally speaking, you're only going to, ex- even though you have five levels of soul, your experience with it, generally speaking, is only going to be with those Three levels, as we shall explain, where is the sources, or obviously this all comes from Hashem, but where does it manifest itself in relationship to the human being? So we'll start from the bottom up. The bottom lowest level is called the Nefesh. Now don't look for English translations, not gonna waste our time to say soul, soul, soul. You know, you have nefesh, neshama. English is not going to help you. So you have to understand what this nefesh is. The nefesh is the lower level of soul. It manifests in the liver. Because the Torah says, Hadam hu nefesh The blood is the soul. And what do we know about a liver? Full of blood. Okay? And therefore, and what is the lowest level of the person? It's his actions. So your actions are connected because obviously you need blood. Without blood, there's going to be nothing. And the liver is the source of that. And it also becomes, what, what is your body? Your body has a lot of tivus a lot of lusts and desires. So that is the level of nefesh. And that is the power of life that a person wants to live and wants to survive. It's no, not at all. It's just there. And that in that area, it's a little bit like an animal. Just more sophisticated than an animal. So where's the great difference between the nefesh of a person and the nefesh of an animal? Because the nefesh of a person is in the image of Hashem with his 248 principal body parts and 365 sinews that have the ability, here's the difference, to attach themselves to higher levels of soul, such as the ruach and the neshama, which an animal cannot do. An animal just has a nephesh, and a nefesh that cannot go any higher than it is. It has uh, what do you call it? instincts? It has a desire to live, and that's as far as it's going to go. It can't manifest real emotions. Okay, it can't manifest any connection to spirituality. Now, man can use animals in his pursuit of perfecting the world. But that's as far So the human being... And therefore, if the human being does not connect, or the Jews specifically, connect to spirituality, he'll be no different than the most um, violent animal on the planet. Because he has more tools in his nefesh. The nefesh is able to do a lot of things more than a monkey can do. And that's what—that's why it's so important. So, what makes the Jewish nefesh better? Because they can connect to a, and that they're connected to an neshama. And really, when you understand that, you understand. Therefore, whenever you do something, put on tefillin. I—I I guess we could train a monkey to put on tefillin. I—I'm I, sure it could be done. It would be a terrible thing to do, but uh, you could train a monkey to put on tefillin. But when a monkey puts on tefillin, it doesn't do anything. When you put on tefillin, what you've done now is you have eternalized with your body those moments of that connection to Hashem, and that remains a long term deposit in Eilim Hava, in your RSP and Shemaim. That's all the body is able to make that happen because it's now connecting with the Ruach. A monkey can never do any of that. Okay? So that is the Nefesh. The ruach is the power of light, where the person, so to speak, moves. But I don't mean physically moves, but he's yearning to proceed in life, advance, success, and in a proper way. In a proper way, the soul, does, the ruach, desires to elevate the nefesh and the body to get closer to Hashem. And it manifests itself in the heart, which is where the person's feelings exist. And it also parallels speech that comes from the circulatory system, the respiratory system that's connected to the heart. And the person's speech comes from the spirit, especially the mouth connected to the heart. And this is critical because this is the place of free will choice of a person. Where the person ends up in life it depends on where his ruach takes him as we'll see what those choices are. The highest part is the neshama and that's the source of the thoughts of a person. And really the neshama is the real source of all life in a deeper sense and any ability to connect to Hashem. The ability to connect to Hashem comes from the neshama. Without the neshama, you cannot connect to Hashem. So although non-Jews can have a ruach, they don't got a neshama. Okay, it's just not there. Okay, and therefore all the feelings of dveikus, of bonding and closeness to Hashem, they really are coming from the force of the neshama. And that uh, comprehension goes back and forth, just like the word neshima, which means a breath. When you breath, breathe, you go, breath goes in, air goes in, air goes out. And therefore, we call that idea of life, the nishmas the soul of life. Like a breath, where the air is going in the body in a way that it's not going to stay there. It's going to go in, it's going to go out, it's going to go in, it's going to go out. And therefore, the neshama of the person doesn't, doesn't rest in the person, but it rests above the person, and so to speak, we're using anthropomorphic terms, and it sparks. The sparks will rest on the brain and manifest in the brain. So it's not in the brain. It doesn't manifest in the brain, but it sparks upon the brain, and the more a person develops and purifies himself, he's able to receive more sparks from the neshama, which will purify him more, and therefore, he'll be able, it's a it's a virtuous cycle, as the Nefeshachayim speaks a lot about this idea, okay? And uh, now, not every, but only Otama Rishon had the neshama inside himself, inside the But we don't have that anymore, but the clarity can come from the sparks, and if you're ready to receive this. And therefore, when a person does a sin, the neshama has nothing to do with it. As soon as he, uh, the neshama knows you're to sin, he said, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm getting farther away. <laughs> because that neshama is critical through your connection to Hashem. Imagine a chain. If the neshama would get destroyed, you'd be finished. So therefore, the neshama can never be destroyed. If it's outside of you, so when you really do terrible damage, it isn't going to damage. You can never damage that neshama. While well, you can damage very much the nefesh and the ruach but there's going to be some little connection still is going to exist. Now, a very interesting question was asked, why was, okay, that's one point, but there's another reason that uh, the the Rebbe from Shklov uh, explains why does Neshama not rest in the person? And he says, because the Neshama of the person really is the Ratzon of Hashem. That Neshama that is attributed to you that is really the manifestation of the pure will of a Hashem. And if you had that inside of you, you'd have no free will choice. You'd never sin. Because the rutson of the person would be the rotson with one thing. So now the neshama is outside and it's at a distance and it can't spark off onto us, so the impression isn't as strong, so that allows us to have free will choice. Do we want to hear what the neshama has to say from a distance or not? And now, if you do sin, the neshama doesn't want to get connected to that. Now, obviously, how do you how do you uh, get more neshama to spark into you? What do you do to get neshama to spark into you? Well, learning Torah. Learning Torah. Okay. Because Torah, Gomorrah says, compared to the elixir of life. Hashem says I created Yitzhakara. I created a Torah as the solvent for that. Okay, it's elixir of light, and that comes from the neshama that illuminates the ruach and the nefesh, and that could even be considered where ruach hakodesh comes into a person to guide him in the right way to do things and to cling to Hashem, because Hashem wouldn't help you; you would never succeed. So really, learning Torah is the greatest means of accessing the Neshama. Because at the end of the day, it really is the thoughts of a person. The Ratz of Hashem. How are you going to know the Ratz of Hashem? Unless you learn in the Torah. Where are you going to connect to Ratz of Hashem? Okay. Now those are the three that we deal with most of the time. But now the question is, so where is the source for the life for these three below? Now we move up one that's called the chaya. Why is that Chaya? Because it's the source from where the Neshama draws forth its life. And therefore sometimes the Chaya is called the Neshama of the Neshama. And that clearly is a level that isn't within the person because even the Neshama isn't within the person, but it's beyond. So it's even more beyond that. And the fifth level is Yechida, which refers to eternal life, which is even further than that. Okay, now now we get to the important, I mean, everything's important, but we're, not, we're trying to try to put the pieces together now. So therefore, where is, again, where's the main service of our lives that we have to be focused on is mostly in the ruach, because that's in between the neshama, which is very high, and the nefesh, that is very low. As the Pasuk says again, the Yehi Adam, Hashem blew breath into man, and man became a nefesh chaya." A living nefesh. And Uncle says Le Ruach Mamala for a speaking spirit. And the Vilnagon explains that the Ruach within the person, right? He says the Ruach of the person is the person. But the Nefesh is on a level that's lower than that. Okay? And the Vilagon says in Ashirim the world is divided up into three things: the heavens, way up the earth, the earth below, and the avir, the atmosphere in between. So it is with the three parts of the soul. The nefesh, ruach, and the The neshama is from the shamayim. The nefesh is from the earth. And the ruach is from the air, so to speak. And he writes, the ruach comes from the air and the main thing in that person is the main person is that. Okay. And he he therefore says, and it is the main life Vilnagon continues, he says that the main life of the person is the ruach, and that's where the person receives his reward and punishment. And that's where a person can feel all his power and all his senses. While the neshama is the intellect that teaches the person das, and that is, so to speak, his mazel, that's a little bit beyond him. And that's in the heavens, but it sparks off into the person. And then he expands with Rav Yitzhak Isaac Chavar and his Drushos. Uh And he explains like this. He says, the neshama in the heaven, it's really a heavenly thing. It's very spiritual. The nefesh is the body, is, lives in the body. That really comes from the earth. And the ruach's in between. So the nefesh desires all physical things. And he, it, whether good or bad. He just wants everything. Okay? The neshama is all heavenly. And it illuminates sparks upon the ruach of the person which is in the heart. So now the person has to make a choice. You're getting messages from the neshama that are telling you what the will of Hashem is and to do the mitzvahs. And they are all enclosed within physical things. So the neshama is saying, you know, put on tvilin today. I want you to do a spiritual thing today uh, and, and bonusuk and things like that while the body is saying, but I want to have this, I want to have that, I want to have these other things. So now the question is, and that's all the desires, the question is, will we channel those desires based on what's coming from the top of the neshama or will it be unchanneled and will just fall in default mode as one of everything that's physical in the world and that will now make the Ruach get excited for those kinds of things. The Ruach is the emotions. So you're going to be passionate about spirituality. Or you're going to be passionate about physicality. And the Ruach is that the battleground. And that's where you fight your battles. And obviously, to understand it deeper, each one of these things, everything that's created, wants to go back to its source. So where's the nefesh sourced in the earth? So what do you want? Eat, drink, sustenance, have kids, all these things. And uh, and therefore everything you eat, it goes into the bloodstream. It affects the blood. It affects the body parts. All your lusts come from the liver, etc., etc. While the ruach, it, it wants what is natural for ruach. Emotion wants honor and wealth. And that's where jealousy and gaiva and other mitos come from the heart if they're not cultivated properly. The default, you're not going to teach a person Torah, so he's going to get very emotional about the physical needs. So what's the emotional impact of wanting all these needs? You want honor. You want wealth. You're jealous. You're arrogant. That's if you're just following the body. Right? And the other, the soul, which is a portion of God on high, it lusts for divine things, that's the brain, and that's where you can think. Now becomes the main job in life is to coronate the neshama over the entire body. So you get the neshama, which you got to hear it first of all, it's not going to come automatic. You go to school, you learn Torah, you understand what God's will is, And now your neshama is taking in and you you, you have a brain that's built as a Jewish brain that can let you integrate these ideas and they become real ideas for you. But now they have to influence the ruach, which is the main part of the person, okay, and that's the desire to go further, okay, which is in the heart. And now, because of that deep-rooted desire, and the choice that you have in the Ruach, then what will you tell the nefesh to do? To do the things it's supposed to do. That's the way it's supposed to be. Okay? So therefore, says Revit's a guy's a he says the truth is all sins, they really are stemming from the nefesh, from the liver. That's where the bad midos and the tithes are. And the heart and the spirit you know, has to balance an act between, um, you know, the liver and the heart. And all the nephesh has to be working through the real desires of good desires in the heart. And that has to be done through the neshama. So that's the question is. So it becomes very obvious over here that it's not possible to be a, a good Jew if you're not engaging the neshama. That's why you have to understand the makeup of the of the Jew. I don't have an I have an ashamed, but it's not automatic. If you don't teach a child Torah, then what's gonna happen? The Ruach isn't getting guidance from anywhere except the Nefesh. And the Nefesh, so okay, so if you are a decent human being, so you'll learn to share in these things, those aren't divine ideas, those are pragmatic ideas. So maybe you can throttle the, the nefesh, but you know it's but it's not going to come from a sense of you want to do that so much. As opposed if it came from the neshama, well, they are pre-existing. You know it's practical to be nice, help out other people because ultimately will help you. But those aren't going to be permanent things, as you see today's society is falling apart. People find there's better ways than just being nice to get going what you want in life. So therefore, it, that becomes a critical point. And also, you find another interesting thing. These three levels of, ne- nesh, of, nesh, of nefesh, ruach neshama, it parallels the Gemara and Kedusha, says there's three partners in the human being, Hashem, your father and mother. Now, which one parallels which part? The mother, that is the nefesh. The lowest part. Not that the mother is the lowest, but that is the part that does. And the father brings the ruach part, okay, which is a little bit more purified. And Hashem brings the neshama. And that's why the Gomorrah uses certain languages that the mother is what produces the blood from the initial, uh, what do you call it? The red. uh, What's the word? Not birth. Uh, Embryo. Yeah, when the conception the mother produ- pro- produces the, the blood comes from what the mother puts in while the whiteness comes from the father so that's again one is nefesh and one is the ruach and hashem gives you the chachma. those are the three partners and that's why we learned in parshish kedoshim even though you honor your father and mother but shabbos comes first you got to still there is the highest one everyone has to serve hashem now the rabbis also explained, We mentioned once in one of our classes you know, from uh, the um, I can't remember the safer we're learning, but uh, it says. And also, this is the progression of life. Okay, in the first 30 years of your life, which is called the naris, the youth, that more parallels the nefesh. The nefesh, the body, is the more powerful entity. Second part of your middle of your life parallels the Ruach, and that where a person can be more spiritual and he can start repairing his bad needles. And finally, the old age is when a person can purify to the point where he really connects to the Neshama, which is a more rational part, the divine part, because there's less physicality to be involved with. Okay, so therefore, we have to understand that everything you do. Now it's going to have these five elements, so to speak. And the first two we discuss are things we mentioned already when it comes to, remember, coming into a house that's a mess. We talked about that. Talked about doing mitzvahs. So I'm going to skip that. So we'll go to the next one. And this is very fascinating, but I'm not going to go to the next one because it's 158. So we're going to we're going to now show how the five levels, not only will affect in us, but remember, it's how Hashem treats us. So now we're going to discuss tomorrow, when things happen in your life, how are you supposed to analyze it? And just like you have five levels of soul, so to speak, God has five levels of reacting, sending messages to us. And now if you use your five levels of soul, maybe you could try to understand why Hashem is doing things to you on each level of your conscious reality. That's where we will pick up the story tomorrow. That's going to be very fascinating. Go ahead, everybody. everybody.